McMaster University has over 210,000 alumni living in 140 countries around the world, and they are some of the most amazing people you would ever want to meet. Unconventional will introduce you to some of our alumni who are working to make our world a brighter place in their own unique way. Join me, Karen McQuig, Alumni Director at MAC, as we meet alumni in the arts, cutting edge entrepreneurs, alumni leading the way in health, technology, education, and more, as we learn the moments that their path from MAC became unconventional. Troy Hill is currently an educator on his reserve, which has included roles as vice principal, principal, and learning resource teacher. Along with being co-chair of the Safe and Caring Schools, he's a member of the Violent Threat Risk Assessment Team and a certified instructor. He has participated and facilitated policy writing for accreditation courses offered through the Ontario College of Teachers. Along with his policy writing experience, he recently published Psychopathology in the Offspring of Indigenous Parents with Mental Health Challenges, a Systematic Review in the Canadian Journal of Psychiatry. How I know Troy, is he's the current president of the McMaster Alumni Association. And he holds also the position as an Indigenous community representative for the McMaster University's Indigenous Health Task Force. Troy was also the inaugural recipient of the McMaster Community Impact Award, which recognized people's volunteer service in their local community. He has served on the board of directors for the Canadian Mental Health Association as an Indigenous community representative, and he guest lectures on a regular basis at McMaster in the Faculty of Health Sciences, Science, and Social Sciences, as well as the Faculty of Education at Brock University. Troy and his wife, Lisa Craig, are proud parents of Kiana, Riley, Caden, Claire, and Erica, and his favorite hobby is coaching basketball on his reserve. Troy has been such a pleasure as a volunteer and the leader of our alumni association. And in my role as director, I've been able to spend lots of time with Troy and I have learned every day from him. I hope you will enjoy our conversation as much as I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, what I would have to mention was a very rainy, dark and windy uh, spring day late in March when we weren't actually sure our internet connection would, would hold up. But instead we just had such a, a warm, conversation and I think you will feel just as I did at the end of it such a great feeling. Troy welcome to our podcast Unconventional. Uh, joining me today is Troy Hill our current alumni association president and a graduate from the faculty of social sciences. Um, thanks Troy for joining us here on our podcast Unconventional. Uh, no, uh, you're, you're welcome. Uh, uh, sego, uh, sego grego, uh, ganigahagi ni wakonsiongo, swego, Gary Hunyani. Uh, yeah, I'm Troy Hill. I'm from Six Nations uh, Reserve, where I'm an educator. So let's go back sort of in your, um, your McMaster experience. And your journey to McMaster was an, an unconventional one to begin with. And you've spoken about how you've grown, you grew up not seeing a path for you to go to university. So can you share with our podcast li uh, listeners today, like what, what changed that belief and what led you to Mac? Yeah, well, I guess it's a combination of things that changed my belief and what, what led me here. I, I had uh, had a long journey of working for Hamilton House Sciences uh, as a porter. Uh, back then started out as an orderly and worked for, through different jobs at the hospital. And um, finally, landed a job in cardiorespiratory unit um, 
as a, a medical transcriptionist and ran with uh, uh, the respirologist and the cardiologist every day at lunchtime. And I, um, they encouraged me to, to seek out some education. So I kind of thought that I was uh, limited in what I could do and in, in the position I was in. So I, I started the journey of uh, finding the means in which to do it which included finding my father and getting my ancestry and my um, lineage for my, for my um, status to, to fund that adventure. And then, so I began by, by starting applying for Mac as checking off the boxes part-time, um, Indigenous part-time student, and maintained those uh, three, uh, three courses at C average, which was, was challenging in itself. I had never hadn't actually written anything. So um, and then from that, I just went, um, I had ins and outs of going full-time to part-time, back to full-time, back to part-time. And I, I, I tackled it as I could. And uh, I'm not sure many, how many years it took me, but it, it, was a, it was a different journey. As you gathered more funding, uh, I had more opportunities to go full-time. And then once that funding got a little bit scarce, I went back to part-time and... Uh, Finally, finally graduating and, and graduated in 2007. So it, it's a, it, it was a, it was a unique one. It was as an adult learner. So I was in my late, late thirties, I guess. Yes, I was in my late thirties when I was there. And um, it, it, it was, it was definitely interesting. You, you kind of meet, you meet people that with the sameness, uh, you meet other mature students along the way. And uh, the, the foundation was indigenous studies. That's what uh, kept me in and and sort of pulled me in and kept me there. And then sociology, all the departments there really, really helped me out. Um, I, 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 I just seen the, the different relationships with, uh, with the profs who are the same age as you. So um, it really worked out in my favor in networking and, and still staying in contact with them and, and, and that kind of thing. So that journey was a little bit different from, from that perspective, but uh, still, still a journey of success from, from my perspective as well. So you were, I mean, you have a very interesting, you know, pathway to um, study at McMaster, but then also your journey, which you've talked about, right? Like being a part-time mature student, you have to balance life and work and everything else going along, you know, with your, with your pursuit of your degree. What did you learn about yourself, Troy, when you were doing that? I learned one of my, well, something I didn't realize, but did realize. My mom always taught me there's a uh, 24 hours in a day. So, uh learned to take advantage of 24 hours in the day so literally to start out with I think that's my best advice to anyone to start out with I was when I was working full-time at the hospital I would I would take a uh, course on my lunch <laughs> I sign up a course that was off my lunch and then I would go Monday to Friday Monday to Thursday every night at nighttime and I did that so I would maintain full-time status uh, as a um as a student at, at McMaster. And I wouldn't end it at that. I would go home and do my work at 10 o'clock when I got home. And then another opportunity presented itself to me in first year, and which was another university was offering a program for native teachers, um, native teachers education program. And I ended up, uh, that was an opportunity. I didn't see myself. I didn't go to Mac to be a teacher. I went to Mac to um, just to challenge myself and to grow. And then I ended up doing that on top of the other stuff on weekends. So I went to two universities, technically full-time, 
for uh, just over two and a half years, almost three years of, of doing that as well. And I just kept in my mind, uh, there are 24 hours in a day and, and I don't lose that. I, I, uh, my, my, I always say my mom created a workhorse. Well, I started <laughs> off as a pony, but she created a workhorse and I'm, I'm the same now. There are, there are 24 hours in a day and, and that's, how I, that's how I look at it. And I wanna, I wanna live while I'm here and, and take, uh, it has brought so many opportunities and those opportunities has, have flourished into so many uh, responsibilities too. So uh, I enjoy that. I, I enjoy that concept. I, I pass it down to my own kids that there are 24 hours in a day. Um, and uh, you can keep care of yourself and be well-rounded um, using each one of those hours. So I, I guess that's it. Yeah, because people ask me how I volunteer so much. And I said, I always say there's 24 hours in a day. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so you talked about, um, you know, the influence of the, the doctors over in the faculty of health sciences when you were a kid, your mom worked over there and then you you had a job. So in many ways, they were your advocate and some of your mentors. So have you taken that inspiration from them and, and you know, become an advocate and a mentor in your own? Um, Absolutely, I have. And, and, you know, it's ironic that um, even the person who is uh, head of uh, health sci now, Paulo Byrne, which I call Burnsy, he was one of them, um, <laughs> not realizing it. And I haven't seen him since he was his appointment, um, but Dr. Killian and Dr. Graham Jones really helped me through through that. And yeah, so now what I've done is I, I've, I've mentored um, students through the Let's Talk Science program and uh, one of K7, he is now in at U of T doing his um, his doctoral so he's going to be a doctor he's in med school and then another one Sawaira we just wrote our two articles with her in psychiatry and I've mentored along her along the way as well and she's also um she actually did one of my she heard me speak about my life journey and she did it at, at one of the tea toasters um and and presented it you know, coming from her, her perspective and you know we just chatted last week about uh, doing some public relations on the last article that we, we wrote. And so uh, I believe that I've, I've mentored them, but they have mentored me as well because I, I've watched them grow. So uh, mentoring, I think it happens uh, naturally. It, it just, it's gotta, it's gotta come from the grassroots and, and that's what happened in unique ways. So as, as those physicians uh, who I worked with mentored me, I know that I mentored them as well. So uh, um, indigenous uh, knowledge and, and what it's like to be that and spoke in their classes as, as well. So I think uh, mentoring is, is a, is a two-way two -way, uh, street from that perspective. So yeah, it, it has, you, you naturally do it. And then someone calls you that and you're going, oh, well, I guess I did. And, and you really have to recognize that when you're mentoring. You have to recognize that, yeah, I did, uh, rather than well, I don't see myself as that. Well, you have to see yourself as that because we, we mentor every day. Everybody that we connect with, uh, we're mentoring and we're being mentored. It's, it's the same way. Uh, I remember actually, I followed suit and what inspired me from ours it was Don, uh, former past president. It just the way he spoke, the way he questioned. Um, he was always involved in each one of our, our board meetings. Um, and in the process, he was mentoring me. And I remember him saying, as soon as he met me, he said, oh, you'll be president. And I was like, oh, I didn't really even know him yet. So uh, I think those words, when someone gives you that, 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 that mentoring goal, uh, when, they says, when they show it's possible, um, it, it happens. Um, when it's not displayed that it's possible, um, 
it's harder to see, but it was clearer to see, um, even though it was by surprise, it wasn't because I remember that those were the first words that our past president had said to me, right? Um, ironically. Yeah. So you talked, you talked a little bit about this earlier where you were juggling, you know, two, two university programs and everything else going on in your life, but what, what drew you to be an educator? Why, why did you want to be, to, to choose that path? Or was it when someone tapped you on the shoulder and said, you should think about this? Yeah, it was that. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, we have, we have education counselors as we uh, do our journey through education from my reserve six nations and they're always in touch with us uh back then it was every two months just making sure everything was okay and when they came to me um, um they had heard that i had already talked in a few classes uh, it's weird i had already talked in a few one-year classes uh because of the knowledge that i had um, brought to the table was a little bit different than my classmates and, and they approached me um, and my marks were doing um, quite well while I was in university. So it, it was that. And so I never, I never, never in a million years would I had dreamed of. It wasn't even a vision being an educator. Um, but now that I'm in it, I, I couldn't imagine life without it. it it's, it's, it, is, it is what I love to do. Um, it is what, something that it's my energy that drives me every day. Um, and, and it, it happened for a reason. Um, I wasn't successful. I failed two grades, grade three and 12, and um, dropped out of college. Um, so it was, uh, the journey has, hadn't, the educational journey hadn't finished with me yet. So I figure I had to connect those two links, um, complete those circles and, and come back. And um, uh, I can't imagine it without it now, because now I think I have a deeper understanding within, within my professional practice uh, of those who struggle um, and, and how, how they feel struggling, what it feels like to struggle. Uh, most education paths are, uh, you know, uh, great and, and without a lot of uh, bumps in the road from K to 12, you, you study hard, you get into a great undergrad university, you study hard in there and you get into a great uh, um, a bachelor of ed program and usually into a master's of program and those those that teacher path is is teachers i always say teachers do breed teachers um that's the educational path that most take and i thought wow what a what, what can i i can contribute a totally different story by by a different path um that got to the same place so i always look at that i always i thought when i first started teaching that it was like it was one of those things where i thought maybe Wow, how am I going to do this? Uh, I, my journey was not was not pleasant um, from that perspective, and then I had to convince myself um, on a daily basis that you're you're in this place for a reason, you're in this you're on this path for a reason, and, and to follow it and, and to to just keep um, building and getting better. And you know, it is like an athlete, an educator. You have to get better and better and better. You are on stage for six to eight hours a day, compared to. Con um, concerning what you're doing or mm -hmm. depending on what you're doing and in order to do that you have to stay uh, um, you know nourished from education continuing learning and from um, being healthy and from, from doing everything you can to do to do to you know uh, educate others so yeah it's a it is a different it, it is a different roundabout path but uh, it all led to the to the same place and now I feel like I can contribute in the education sphere um, from a different place than, than most. So do you, 
how do you think your students would would describe you? You are you a conventional teacher, or you are an unconventional teacher? They would describe me as soft. Soft. <laughs> um, I, I don't yell. I, I've never yelled in my life, and I share that with them each class, no matter where I'm teaching. Um, I don't. Um, discipline comes from practice of doing something, not from a reaction. So. I have that and, and then my strong language skills that I keep developing as much as I can every day um, in my own community is, is rare um, to tell the truth. Um, it, it's, there's not a lot um, from that. So what that does is it, get, it lets them wanna learn. It, it lets them wanna you know, focus on our, on our language. And um, I think they, when they're done, I would say my students would see me um, as an uncle. I think they see me as family. They see me as an uncle. Um, I, I'm in contact with most of my students um, all of the time um, after they've graduated from high school. I go to their high school graduations. So they finish with me in grade eight and I go to their high school graduations and I have a lifelong journey with them. I, I tell them I'm, the opportunity for me them to be in their life is always there. Um, and that's our community too, the tightness of our community. So, but uh, at the forefront, I think sometimes I'm seen as soft because I am a, um, I like to talk about things yep. and, and I like to get those things out and, and I'd like to, to share the strategies um, for them in, or, in order to continue on their education journey. So uh, I'll stick with soft. Soft. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't consider you soft. I think you have a great spirit and you're very you're very kind is what I would say. So I bet that they would say that. So let's talk about your indigenous community because you you talk a lot about the support you got and you still get um, from your community and, and, and how you're committed to helping the young people grow and flourish. So what do you think you'd say to a young Troy today? Um, I, I would say that it, it's, probably the, it's probably the simplest advice yet very complex and I would say to to the Troy who, who would have a rough journey as a young person I would say uh, listen less to those around you and listen to more within you and and the environments that people are in and raised in um, can be deafening and, and and especially if they're challenging it can be deafening because we, I think our little ones start to focus so much on the environment around them, they forget that all the answers are within them. And I would say, put those, those, um, those the headsets on, those um, noise counseling, he canceling headsets, um, <laughs> of, and no, societal counseling, can canceling headsets, societal canceling headsets, and, um, and listen to within you, because everybody has the answer within them. And the answer is, is not from other, it never is. So if I could say that to the little Troy, um, it, perhaps it could have been a different journey, but I, I still uh, appreciate every second of the journey that, I, that I've had. But if I could guide a, a young one at an early age, is, 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 it's to listen to you, listen to what your spirit says, um, un, unfiltered from what the environment you're in says. Uh, a simple, it is, it's simple advice yet complex. Right. Mm. So how do you balance your 
you know, your community service, your commitment to your community, your work, and how do you decide where you're going to spend your time and, and matching what your interests and passions are? Because I think a lot of time young people, when they graduate from university, they have lots of different interests and they want to do these things. So how do you balance your own, um, you know, work and, and your personal interests and your community spirit and what you'd like to do? Oh, it's the same advice. Well, it's the 24 hour advice, but it's also the same advice of, it's the same advice of if you're listening to your own spirit and you get that skill, you can listen to others' spirit. So being indigenous, you do get asked monthly, weekly, daily to, to, to come on to certain tasks. And what I listen to when those tasks are, are, are done, are asked or presented, I, I listen to that's the spirit of the person. And you can tell with the spirit of the person whether it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a box they're ticking off or whether it's something they know will help their environment. And I don't know what can help their environment, environment but they do. So if I hear or if I'm requested or um, are presented with an opportunity and if I don't hear that it's coming from their spirit, which you can hear that, um, I don't explore it. So mine isn't about a spreadsheet and what's better for me or what's on my resume or what's or anything like that because I'm comfortable where I am. Mine is how can I help out other? And other meaning all other, um, everyone. I always compare it to. Um, sort of the speaker's corner in, in, in London. It's, you know, when they're sitting on those crates and they'll put them higher and higher. Well, the more you raise those crates, the more people can hear you. So I look at, it, at that and not necessarily a megaphone, but maybe, you know, just being at a vantage point where you can be heard. And, and, and that has a lot of stuff within whenever I accept uh, volunteer um, opportunities and there are some volunteer opportunities though that are um, uh, it's like a daily thing I'll show up for something just to help out where I'm not where I don't want to be seen where I want to put my hood on and I just want to help from that for my my own pleasure for for my own my own feed of 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 giving um, and, and I think that's what's in all volunteers is, is that we we feed from our volunteering we we get something out of it. And when you can recognize that you're getting something out of it, that it's for a lot, it's, it's for you. <laughs> and that can, you know, trickle, trickle down to other. Um, you, you're, you're more likely to do more when you recognize that you're getting something from it. And, and, and that something is, is making you, giving you strength and giving you more knowledge and, and giving you, uh, which leads to opportunity. Um, so I think that's, that, that's, a good way to explain on, on how I do it and on how, how I choose. Um, and then also uh, letting your spirit guide you. Sometimes you don't have a choice. <laughs> so someone says something and you can hear it's definitely from your spirit. And in your mind, you're going, ah, I kind of don't have time, but I have to do this one. <laughs> right. And, but it's, it, you know, you have to speak honest. There are times when you have to say, it doesn't really fit into what I'm doing here, but please approach me in the future um, to see what I can do. 
Yeah. So you, you have to be cognitive of, uh, of your uh, limitations too and, and what you can do. So, yeah, and, but and also have to know that um, it is okay to say, to say, you know what, that doesn't fit in right now, but in the future it may, because I'm not a believer of saying no. I'm a believer in saying even no, not even a no, that's not for me. It's to say right now that's, it's probably not going to work, but you know, check with me in a couple of months or check with me in two years when this project or something that I'm working on is done now, give them a time frame, And um, that if that is meant to be that energy, like another uh, chain in the loop, will come back and hook up from, to that again. So as president of the Alumni Association, you represent 225,000 alumni around the world. So I'm going to ask you a couple things like what has been, you know, what have you gotten, you know, what's the thing that when you finish your term, you're, you'll feel like, wow, number one, I didn't know this about Mac or this surprised me about Mac and, and your experience, like, you know, being the, you know, the president of the Alumni Association, how do you think that's helped you on your journey? I think it. I think it came at the right time. Um, as, as, I've, as I'm so busy um, doing everything virtually, actually kind of worked out. And I honestly, and I, I, I voiced this before, that I truly see the alumni as my family. And I don't think I would ever have had the similar opportunity to embrace so many disciplines, so many success stories, and to be in that same basket with them. I find that, that, that the, the wovenness of that basket that holds all of us, all of the McMaster alumni, is a connection that is all for the right reasons. And you know, there, are, there can be some sort of cliches and organizations and, and systemic structures of, of making the world a better place. But there has not been one alumni that I've met that doesn't fulfill that. Mm. And I think that's it. There's a genuine um, 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 commitment to community that I've witnessed from every aspect, from, from banking, all the business areas, to promotion of business of, of, of uh, um, women in business to entrepreneurship and in, in business, to, um, to healthcare. I mean, our, we have physicians on our, on our, on our uh, board. We have uh, CEOs, we have all walks of life, um, but all of them, there's not one of them that's not committed to community. And, and, and the community um, is committed, is the, is the master. I haven't seen that anywhere. You know, I've, I've, I'm, I've graduated from two other institutions and I don't, I don't, I've never felt it anywhere else with that. But I, I do look at it as we're in a woven basket and uh, we're all in it together and, and we're a family um, of knowledge. And there's not one person that I would be afraid of saying for their ex to ask to contact for their expertise. And, and I think that's, that's, that's amazing. And, and I wouldn't ever feel that I'm imposing. Um, it really feels like that. And then also the, the sponginess that, that the board has had from my knowledge, I could feel it. And, and, and them asking more and everything like that of, of other things, I could feel it. And in the last two years, them coming forward and, and, 
and helping out and, and extending that olive branch to, to help out my community in, in, some, in, some, in some challenging times. It was, it, it's, it, I, had, I haven't seen anything like that ever from, and it's, and it's not, it, it's not the, the monetary part of it. It's, it's, the, it's just the giving part of it, you know, giving, the monetary is the giving too, but this, what I felt there, what the family is and what I see and, and everyone um, that always talks to me and talks and gives me personal stories, the personal stories of their commitment to, 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 the, to the system of education that, that gave to them and that they wanna give back to. Um, and when I first started off with the presidency, I had four of them contact me on, what can I do more? What can I, you know, what can I, that is phenomenal because I too, I'm not the only one who has 24 hours in a day. So mm -hmm. do they, and they use them all. You know, Mac Proud is about, they use them all. They also do everything that you can think of when you have those private side off conversations and I've Zoomed with them um, outside of our board meetings and they tell me the stuff they do. And I'm going, this is what the commonality is in our woven basket is the commitment to community and the expense of, of time and how valuable they see that, that expense of time is, um, is, it shows it. We literally, everyone can, we can talk, we can ask a professional or any kind of question to any one of our board members. And if they don't have an answer, they find someone who does. And the next day you're getting, answer from someone who does. I, that's valuable. That's that networking uh, valuable uh, um, entity that, that we, um, we talk about a little bit, but we, we, we don't live it as much as, as, as that. So uh, we, should, we should live it more of what, what we do, but I think that's it. It's that. I, I, it's nice having a, a family and I've said Indigenous people, we don't, it, family is is not not uh, seen as bloodlines mm -hmm. family is who you have a responsibility to and we have a responsibility once we've taken our experience at mcmaster and our education we have a responsibility to to share with other um, we didn't get it just for ourselves we have the responsibility to share with other and show that others can do it and that's what i think we do as alumni is, is we share it with one another and, and give those opportunities to other people so I, I, I mean, you always talk about family, which is great, but I love the analogy of the, the woven basket. I think that is amazing the way you have described that. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it takes a woven basket, as we know, is, is, is uh, those, those reeds, they, they need to be wet. They need to have the right kind of moisture um, to, to shape that form. And you have to have the skill um, to do it. And that's the, that's the, that's McMaster right it's woven that basket so it has the skill to hold us that's the department uh, of alumni that's that's everyone does it um, um they, they they've woven that basket to to hold uh the alumni um and and to keep us connected in, in a way that is is different from other education systems and it's um and like those i'm the hoodie guy those hoodies are recognized across the world like, like that's, um, that's all i'm serious they're recognized across the world and i've said the answer to to alumni 
uh, family is is the hoodie. Is the hoodie. It all it's comes down hoodie. to the hoodie. It all comes yeah. down to the hoodie. <laughs> yeah. So as we sort of um, wrap up our conversation, I have a few sort of rapid fire questions for you. So here we go. Your favorite memory of McMaster. Oh, my favorite memory. I think um, it's going to have to be when I was there, I had gotten chosen or I had won, oh, it's rapid. I had chosen one um, to be, to go to uh, New Zealand and go to the um, Indigenous World Indigenous Peoples Conference, so on education and, and, and help, social sciences had sent me there. And, and when I was there, there was a, a, a five day delay of the plane and it was before really cell phones. So it was, a, it was an email sort of thing. I think um, I didn't have a cell phone from that perspective, but I sent an email to a prof, my sociology prof, um, Tina Fetner, and Ooh. I said, I'm stuck. And um, she says, I don't want you to worry about it because my exam was the next day. Mm. She said, I don't want you to worry about it. I want you to bring the, back this knowledge and we'll work it out. That's someone I didn't really know. And that is someone still there. And that is somebody who, who got it. She, she understood inequity. She understood opportunity and she, and she accommodated it. And I think that was, that was my biggest moment that I was on the right path in the right journey and, um, and in the right institution for learning. Because uh, it was it was awesome. So it, it's it's kind of strange because I can think of all my Indigenous Studies stuff, but that moment is always stuck yeah. stuck in me, and that moment is is what brought me further um, from that perspective. So I think that just that opportunity. So are you are you reading? Like, is there a current book you're reading that you'd recommend, or a podcast you listen to? Uh, um, well, I always say that my. My, my book is my, my Mohawk dictionary, my Kanyagihage dictionary. Um, that's what I re read the most to, to, learn, uh, to learn more words. But uh, my, my, um, my uh, sort of dessert time is spent watching my Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, ah. I'm a fan 46 years. That is my, that's my book. There it takes go. me out of everything I'm in. And it gives me opportunity to physically cheer for other. So that's it. That's that's what I do. I'm a. I've been a Sixers fan forever, and it's a long journey being a Sixers fan. <laughs> yes, it is. But I I hope that you at least cheered for the Raptors when we won the world championship. No, nope. because nope, they beat no. up the Sixers. That's true. They did. <laughs> they did. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't even think I watched. <laughs> That's right. I forgot they did. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. That's a sensitive no. It is a sensitive. You've got, no, you've got to you've got to accept those challenges. Yep. You got to. You know, it's <laughs> 1983 is the last time we won, so uh, you never know what's going to happen. But I, I think that's what keeps me solid because you you learn most. And I remember this is taught to me from uh, Dr. Jones, who I ran with for 15 years. He says, "I don't learn anything from anything I do right." Yeah. And you do, you learn from what you do wrong. Well, we hope you do, not in the first try, but you, you eventually learn from, from what you do wrong. 
not necessarily from what you do to win. It's hardest to, to win from front, from in front. It's, it's easier to, to win from behind. And, and that's what I'm thinking about that for the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> um, what person do you most admire? Uh, well, that, that's, oh, th there's been a tie. I never knew. There's a series of, there's a series of ties. My whole life, it was my mother. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, um, it, my wife and my mother and my children are all tied. So it's that. It, it's that's the um if i if someone has asked me about like auto, whose autograph would you want um i already have them <laughs> i have them in my genes i have them in my dna um and i i have them in my relationships so um those who definitely are are, are closest to me from that perspective are my mentors, are my heroes, are the people that I respect the most. Um, my, my, a little quick bit, my mom said when um, she had first, I was gonna introduce her to my current wife, she said, I said, so she said, so what's she like? And I said, mom, she's exactly like you. And my mom said, don't tell her that. <laughs> <You're a loser. laughs> yeah. yeah, don't tell Lisa that. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, I have a calm, I surround myself by commonality. Yeah. I surround myself by goodness and good spiritedness. Um, and, and my mother has always taught me that. And, and my wife, the same. It's oh. that it, we surround ourselves with those who love themselves that can, that can branch off and, and, and extend to loving others. And I think that's it um, from that perspective. Um, uh, then there's another softy answer, but that is yeah. But you're full of soft. That's okay. That's okay. Um, do you? What would be your personal motto? Would that be your personal motto? You sound yourself around with people with with good spirits. Like, what would be your personal motto? I never, I never thought I'd ever say this because you're given a task in teachers' college to come up with uh, your philosophy education. Yeah. And I've always, I've kept it. And it's remember who you are, remember where you come from, and don't leave anyone behind. Uh, I don't know where I got that and from. Uh, uh, we were supposed to come up with it ourselves. I've never Googled it. Maybe someone else has said it, but um, I, that, that is it. It's got everything in it for me. Um, we, when we forget our past, we'll, we will repeat it. So that's what that middle part is. Um, so like, in the, remember who you are, remember where you come from and, and don't leave anyone behind. And the last part is volunteering. Mm -hmm. Don't leave anyone behind, but don't pretend you're Superman. And that's what I've learned. I'm not Superman. I cannot fix everything and I'm not going to save everyone, but I am going to take a chance that if I'm leading the race, I'm going to look behind me because that's what's important. That's why there's a race is because there are people behind you, in front of you, around you. So I've always had that uh, philosophy um, in myself. Um, and, in some, and, there's a, and, and in leadership, when you look behind and someone's coming from behind you and you pass you, it's because it's their turn to be the leader. They need to be the leader. Um, and, and they've stepped up to be the leader. So um, you, you never lose. This is not a race you lose. This is a race that everyone sort of wins in uh, but I, I believe if everybody can sort of 
develop their own philosophy of what they think or their own model or philosophy is and live it, um, it, 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 can, it can help everyone. And that's, how, that's what, what I think of it when I think of that. I remember when my class critiqued it because we had to critique our own philosophies and some of them said, sounds like you're joining the military. I'm like, um, well, some of your journey is like that. Some of your journey is, is you've got to have a lot of fight in you. Um, but you always have to remember who you are and where you come from. Yeah. And um, if you don't, if you forget that and you put it in a closet, uh, um, you're not living the, the, the true you of who you are. Um, and, and then it's harder to transfer uh, any kind of kindness um, to others. So yeah, it's, you know, being true and being reflective to yourself. Um, that, that, that's it. Maybe we'll make some Mac hoodies with that on the back. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we should. <laughs> well, thank you, Troy, so much for joining us today on our podcast Unconventional and sharing your journey um, from, you know, early days of McMaster until you're, you know, the, the pinnacle of volunteer service at the institution, president of the Alumni Association. You've been a fantastic president. And I know all of us have learned um, from you over your time. And, and we like to think that we're part of your family permanently. So oh, we're woven basket. Yeah, absolutely. We are. Excellent. No, it's awesome. There's an awesome Yala in our culture means like a, it, it's a thank you to everyone you know go it means a thank you to everyone and and it's that thankfulness that uh, was 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 hard to do um i had a one of my profs from from my graduate work taught me about gratitude um how important gratitude is and how important a yahweh or a thank you is it is very important because it it, it signals to other that you recognize that they're thankful and I recognize that I'm thankful. So hoping that they will recognize that too. So gratitude is something that we, 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 get, we shy away from and we shouldn't because it, it, does, um, it does comfort everyone. And, and, and a thank you is, is, is gratitude at its finest. So uh, we all, that's what gratitude is. Thank you.